sense of wonder, a sense of marvel. Let us be amazed. Oh, replace our cynicism with amazement. Yes, I receive that. I receive that. I receive spirit of surprise and amazement. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Roll away the stone of cynicism in my life with you. Take me back, back to a beginning. fingernails. Come on, somebody that played in the dirt. Somebody that played in the dirt. Didn't even know what the screen was for. Right before there was screens. Take me back. <laughs> Running through the fields with you. Well, why don't you give them a round of applause. Give these people some grace and mercy. Yes, we say yes, Lord. We say yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Y'all sounded great. It does sound like there's a thousand angels in here or a million singing with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We say yes. I say yes to Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. <laughs> you ready for this? None of it's real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm speaking to somebody in this house today. I'm going to speak to you. Oh, yes. For me, um, Easter comes far too quickly. In the story uh, this week, the Holy Week, it comes too soon compared to my lived experience. I resonate with the Good Friday story. I resonate with the death. I resonate with the darkness. I resonate with plans not going as you thought they would. I really get into that Good Friday day where the disappointment of what I thought was going to save me, what I thought was going to work this time, 
instead dies a pitiful, tragic death. And for me to just 48 hours ago be in that place of darkness, death, and despair and turn right around, it feels like, you know, we only had two sleeps. That's not the way it works in my life. <laughs> How about you? I don't see the resurrection of my dreams, the things I have hoped for, the things I have worked for. I don't see that when they die, I don't see them come back after two sleeps. I don't see it in nature either. Just three weeks ago, nobody was out with weed eaters. Just three weeks ago, nobody was mowing their lawn. And it had been that way for week after week after week through the dark winter. There was no leaves falling on October 21st, and by October 23rd, we were just back to spring. There's a season. <laughs> There's a season of these things. In my lived experience, what about you? I have to wade through some things. I've got to put my hands into some things. I need to see it work out and work itself out. I don't always get a suddenly two sleeps and you're back. I've been through the valley of the shadow of death, of depression and disappointment and anxiety that kept me still and isolated and lonely. And that didn't go away in two sleeps. I had to get real. I had to get really real. Understanding humanity begins with understanding that we eventually become like what we worship. Your life, my life, we embody that which we idolize, that which we worship. We eventually begin to treat our own selves by that which we think is the God that we worship. We begin to treat other people after the way in which we think God is treating us or has treated us. We embody what we worship. The words of our mouth tell us what we believe about life and love and death and grief. The Hebrew Bible is, is um, it, it, it captures the sacrificial system of antiquity. It captures the sacrificial system and God comes into that story and we see a, a God that says that God commands people to make sacrifices. Why was that? Why is our Hebrew Bible the bloodiest text of all religious texts? How do we make sense of that? The reason, one of the reasons that the Bible says that God wants sacrifices is the same reason that the people in the gospel said that God wanted them to kill Jesus. Not because God desired Jesus to be killed, 
but because the people wanted such things to alleviate their own guilt, shame, and fear. They did it in the name of God. When we project guilt, shame, and fear that come from our own heart, on to the nature and character of God and write it down as God wants this when it came from our own fear, our own scarcity, and we attach the label of God said, and God wants these people not to, and God want, doesn't, and God doesn't, and God wouldn't approve of, and God doesn't receive, and God we see this, we see humanity in our texts. We see what humanity believes about itself. And we see what humanity believes about God. When we project our own shame and fear and guilt onto the nature and character of God so that we imagine that the guilt and shame we feel actually comes from God's shame and displeasure toward us, what we have actually done is made God in our own image. The rev this revelation provides great insight into the character and nature of humanity. In Eastern culture, in Eastern churches and in the museums that you would, you would visit in Europe, for example, and some other places, you will see and hear about icons. Have you heard about icons? Do you remember when I preached to you the icon of the Holy Trinity where it shows the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit sitting around the table and there's a mirror in front of the table? Do you remember that one? And that mirror represents, and this is what, when Hank got this for me. I don't want to blind y'all, but he got this mirror. It's supposed to hang right here. It's indicating that you belong at the table, that when you show up, your identity is seen and known and received at the table. Well, this icon... Um, it pictures the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit with that picture on the front, welcoming you to the table. An icon is different than an idol. An idol is a monolith. It's a solid thing. It's a thing that's supposed to represent, symbolize a God. We are commanded, if you will, to not worship idols. All right. But the scripture doesn't say anything about icons. The purpose of an icon in Eastern tradition is to allow the unique brilliance of light to shine through that icon and cast an image for you to witness to, to bear witness with. Every icon that these people in that culture group had created was to allow you to see a different part of life, a different part of God. Idols are fixed. There's no light coming through an idol. But an icon is meant to allow that fractal light to shine like through a prism, and it casts all of those sparkling lights. We are creatures made for light. We are made very uniquely with all of our little chisels and all of our areas and all of our rough edges and all of our straight edges, 
all of our queer edges to allow the gift of light to shine But I would say that the gods of this world, the idols of this world, the gods of mobile technology, the gods of consumerism, colonialism, materialism, the gods of social... All these gods that come in and take up residence within our souls, they impede the light. The obstacles within us, the idols that we have allowed to take up residence within ourselves, the very temples of the Holy Spirit that we were created to be. This is what Jesus made. This is why Jesus showed us that we are the temples that is no longer in houses made with hands, but it's houses made by the Holy Spirit that the light would shine through. Yeah. I've been uh, dismantling in my own life some idols that I've gotten rather used to. I really sort of taken up company with the idols in my own life. <laughs> yeah. I like to call it sort of like the porch, the porches spirit, because I like that whole idea of, of, the, of the folks at the porches waiting for the water to be stirred so that they can be healed. They get real comfortable in their condition. You can look it up, the pool of Bethesda. I get, I get real comfortable with my condition. I get real comfortable with it. But see, I've been hearing a call from the risen one. Hey, I've been hearing a call from the risen one who didn't just rise once, but keeps rising. I'm hearing a call from the risen one for me to rise and to assume and to claim a different identity for myself. That's what this day is all about. This day is a day to allow yourself to come out from the tomb. Oh, and I've got some tombs. I actually have a condo of tombs that I have. I've got like tombs for you, tombs for me. Like, let's do this. We'll just stay in here. We'll stay where it's comfortable. Stay where it's familiar. All right, come on, let's get it real. The tomb of that job, the tomb of that relationship, the tomb of that career choice, that mama and daddy walked you into that tomb and said, good luck, see you at retirement. Well, they were just doing what they knew. They had dwelt among those tombs. They had lived among those tombs. But I know some people who are going crazy living among the tombs. Come on. Get, getting among the, among the tombs, getting used to it. But spoke in this day and age just start going out of their heads when they know that something isn't right. And we call them crazy. But what they actually tapped into is the greater pulse of life. They're coming, they're, they're hearing a call, they're hearing a call, they're hearing a call. Come running, running through the fields with me. Come on, take me back. 
when I was young, running through the fields with me, you, me, you and me. We get so used to our tombs. And I'm telling you today, the stone has been rolled away, and I don't always know how that happens. I don't always know when it happens. I know that somehow he got up. Somehow he woke up and hit the call, the clarion call through all of the eons and ages of time is still calling, get up. Wake up. I saw myself in a dream um, coming through here and in calling out to everyone that's around me, everyone who would call this their community. I started feeling myself getting emboldened to say, wake up, wake up, wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. In my dream, it felt amazing. In my dream, it... I could see the ones who the light was allowed to shine through. See, it's not your light. It's the light of life. But with all of our idols cluttering in on the heart, we just don't let it shine. And I, and I understand that. I relate to that really well. Those of you that have been walking with me through crawling my way out of a depression post-pandemic, you have seen me weep and wail my way through. And I don't know that I'm completely out. My therapist, who I've had for over five years, and I am one of those preachers that say, take your medicine, but get a therapist in Jesus' name. Get some help and then pray in the spirit and do some other things and take your medicine in Jesus' name. All right? <laughs> we need help in 2023. Hello, we need some help. <laughs> But my therapist diagnosed me with this, like, I don't know, a thing. It was diagnosed, first time for the diagnosis. My, uh, really bad depression. Functioning, yeah. <laughs> functioning, functioning depressed person. I'm a really good functioning depressed person. How about you? Yeah, you're like, whoo, I can function <laughs> real well. Um, but he used a clinical term. And it's called anhedonia. Anhedonia is the term when no pleasure or joy can penetrate the psyche. So you start to lose out on those happy chemicals, the, the serotonin, the dopamine, all that kind of stuff. I wasn't getting enough of those chemicals, and so they, he called it anhedonia. Well, I don't know about how that, that word falls on your ears, but that sounds like an island to me. So I began to play around with it and call it the Isle of Anhedonia. I have been living at the Isle of Anhedonia, and I hear a voice calling from the sea, come away with me. And I'm like, I'm too weak and sad and scared. I cannot go. Where you call me, I cannot go. I am too weak and frail. I'm barely showing up to work. I'm barely showing up to people. I, you're wanting me to walk on the water with you, get out of a tomb, do a thing. I just barely got out of bed barely come on I'm just helping somebody crying my way through it crying my way through it seriously fetal position on the bathroom floor crying my way through it on a regular Tuesday morning come on I'm not making fun of it it hurts like heck it hurts it's hard it's hard 
It was one of the worst, uh, worst times of my life. Year after month after month after month after month of that, month after month after month of that, finally the therapist is like, and my wife, the therapist and my wife were like, you either need to get on something because you can't keep going like this. So being Bonnie LeBach the way that I embody this body, I'm like, would you let me try it holistically first before I have to do the pharmaceutical? That's just who I am. So I was like, if, would you let me try it? And if after 90 days, if after 90 days, this new approach to my daily living isn't working, I will go and get the prescription. So I started walking toward out of the center of the Isle of Anadonia. I just one step and one uh, holistic pill that I found at the natural grocers down the road. I went to the place that's like mood problems, like the, the thing, the little part. And this nice lady was there putting up little bottles. I had been crying the better part of the morning. My face was totally swollen. My eyes were swollen. I said, I'm just, I'm looking for something that I resonate with. And I found it. And I was like, Lord, you and me, I'm going to think about my sleep. I'm going to think about this med, and I'm going I'm to work on relationship peace and peace in the home. I had a threefold approach. That was 75 days ago. With a strength that did not come from me. And with a grace that I submitted to every day. From my nothingness, from an absolute place of nothingness, I was nothing. My mind was blank. I didn't have a creative idea. I didn't have a desire to do anything. I thought I would just hang it all up. I thought y'all are lovely. You can do church without me. I don't know where I'm going. I don't feel right. I don't feel alive. And I kept walking every day. It was in those weeks that the nothingness and the ugliness of the parts of myself that I began to see, I began to be embarrassed about how ugly some things are inside of me. Can I get real with you today? The ugliness, as I allowed the idols that I had arranged within myself, my psyche, as I would come to the Lord and, and, and think and sit and sit in stillness and fear not what I would find in here, I allowed, see, I could not push the idols out on my own. I could not, what I'm talking about is things that had taken up residence in me that were no longer serving me, no longer helping me, no longer healthy for me. I allowed the Lord in his tender loving kindness to work with me like I know God to work with me. I began to feel the spirit of my grandmother on me. 
Grandma lived 99 years. And I was there by her bed when she passed. I feel her on me this morning. I felt her on me in the bathroom while I was getting ready. While I was in front of the mirror and I had a worship song playing that I love a lot on this day, I was listening to it and the tears began to stream down my face and I'm like trying to put them out of my face so I can get my makeup on, you know. And I'm doing that and I'm letting the tears go and I'm like, but I'm feeling grandma. Have you felt your ancestors today? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to feel that. I felt her strength. She used to call me sugar babe. I felt the Lord on the inside of me a number of weeks ago say, all I want you to do is just be her sugar babe. That's all I need from you. Just be her sugar babe. You're already good. You're already on the right track. You've fallen into the pits of the Isle of Anadonia, but it's not going to end there. That's the story of the day. It doesn't have to end there with a grace that I did not give myself, with a strength that I did not give myself, and with this plan that I was barely holding on to. I begin to walk out of the center of the aisle. I begin to walk out into the beach. And somehow Jesus had put a rowboat in my imagination. There was a boat sitting there. And some days I would have the courage to put my leg, put my foot in it. And most days I'd take it right back out and get back on I don't know, some number of weeks ago, I got, I managed to get both feet in the boat and broken. I don't know how I did it, but I just started to row with the help and strength and grace. And the current trying to pull me back. You never tried to get your boat off the, the edge of the beach. It's wanting to put you back, put you back. And I'd feel that. And some days I just went back and beached myself back up there. Yeah, of course I did. But I woke up today and I woke up the last seven to 10 days. And I've been telling Tamara, I don't, I don't feel depressed anymore. And I'm not quite sure what to do with the extra space. I'm not quite sure what to do with a feeling of maybe excitement. Maybe I'm a little happy. Maybe it's going to stay. See, with the older you get, the more you don't want to go to those highs of joy because it's going to right? We understand. But look, in every rise and every fall, in every rise and every fall, God is with you through it all. Say that with me. Every rise and every fall, every rise and every fall, God is with us through it all. As Jesus and, and walked with them on the road to Emmaus after he had risen from the dead, and we see these pictures at the end of each gospels. We see these stories of Jesus presenting Jesus himself to them as a witness. And all of them, one of the best lines in the scripture says, in their joyfulness as they were disbelieving. 
in their joyful disbelieving. It was like, hello, I sign up for that part. I want that, yes, in my joyful disbelieving. We're not asking you to believe anything today. I'm not asking you to. Nobody believed it then either. The scripture says it clearly. But I do believe this, that there is a spirit alive in the world over which death has no dominion and a light which the darkness cannot extinguish. I can believe that. And as the tears rolled down my face today, and I felt grandma, grandma would always, she would lift her hands and spirit would touch grandma. And she would shake a little. And she would cry a lot. And it always embarrassed me, frankly. Especially as a kid, I was like, why you gotta make it? That's such a big display. But that spirit had to go somewhere when she passed on, and I think it got on me. <laughs> mm. There is no God like this one that comes to us full, wanting nothing. There is no God like this one that comes to us full, giving us something, asking for nothing in return, offering a grace and a mercy that none of us could give to ourselves. That's what this day is about for me out of the depression and the tomb of my life, of my adult life, I stand today having risen, risen on the inside and relating with a greater depth of compassion for all of my siblings who are still in the center of the Isle of Anadonia. Oh, I relate to you. Oh, I relate. But I do want to stand as a champion for the grace of God. That's all I can boast in. <laughs> it's all I can boast in. I can't boast in me. It wasn't that that I did it. Come on. If I could have done it, I would have done it years ago. In my nothingness, I just threw myself at him and said, if you can still use me, if you can still love me, bring me back to life. If he rose, I rose. If he lives, I live. If he's free, I'm free. If he's healed, I'm healed. If he's at peace, I'm at peace. His grace is my grace. His joy, my joy. His faith, my faith. His story, my story. His life, my life. His rising, my rising. I wear this shirt every Easter to remind us about the rising that's possible. It's a rising, it's a rising, it's a rising. And like bread, and like making bread, it rises over and over and over again, and I'm with it. I'm with it this year. I'm here to say it's not just once. It's over and over again. I'm coming to a close. If the band would love to come again or some number of the band, anybody that could make it sound holy. Anybody that can make it sound holy. If you have an amazing grace in your heart, that would be awesome. At some point, I want to sing amazing grace because grandma wants to. So. so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, 
Go ahead and stand with me. And this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to the past the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, O depression, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Br 